You think about a year ago, who would have ever thought this year was a ride, huh? Yeah. I My biggest thing is I don't want to, a year from now, look back and say, geez, 2020 wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> so I'm hoping, um, I'm just hoping, I don't know if I can hope things get better. I'm not sure that that's the right thing. I hope we get stronger in the Word so that we can be good witnesses in the time. It's undebatable. We are in the last days. And as I was just meditating this morning, God gave me a message of recognizing and rectifying or remedying a, a spirit of fear. Because there's a lot of things that can create a lot of fear right now going on. I mean, forget about the world situation. Forget about the country. Just as we're getting older and the doctor says, you have cancer or you have this, or it'll cause a fear to rise up. Fear, bad news, opens the door to a spirit of fear. Because it's like, you know, when you're younger, you're, indiv- you're indivincible. You know, you're, you, you can do anything. But as we get older, and I know you guys are laughing at me because I'm kind of almost the baby in the congregation. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm noticing things as I get older, too. As you get older, you're, you, just, you just don't have the stamina that you used to have. You just, a lot of things just start happening. And bad news can just open that door. And you could become fearful. Well, we've got a remedy for that tonight. The remedy, of course, is faith in the Word. You know, when you get symptoms, I don't know if any of you who are on the Internet, if you get a symptom and all of a sudden you're on Symptom Checker on WebMD and you're checking all the symptoms and seeing, okay, you know, I got this thing in my elbow, won't move right. So you go on there and you put your symptom in and you try to find out what it is. Well, we're going to do a symptom check tonight in our spiritual spiritual selves. You know, God says, God gives us a prescription just the same as if we had something wrong with our elbow or something wrong with our foot or, or our heart or anything. And we go to the doctor, the first thing he does is he checks us over and then he gives us, he gets out the prescription pad and he writes a prescription So tonight we're going to do God's Rx to fear. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Well, if God can give us the spirit of fear, it comes from somewhere else. Amen? God did not give it to us. God didn't give it to us, so if God didn't give it to us, we don't want it. But we all deal with it in areas. And if you say that you've never had fear, then I call you a liar. Because I think we've all dealt with fear. You can call it anxiety, stress, worry. But it's fear. It's fear. And we need to combat fear because things, are, things can get scary. I mean, you, you just look at the news and it is scary. So... This tells us some of the symptoms of a spirit of fear. If we look at it, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what did God give us? 
He gave us power, love, and a sound mind. So the exact opposite of that would be what the spirit of fear is. So I'm going to go through that and we're going to see what is the antidote. So God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power. So instead of power, when we're operating, and now this is just so we can like self-diagnose. You know, when it says, I love those little tests, I don't take them because I know you could put a virus on your computer. But it's, you know, check your personality, see what, you know, see what movie star you're more like and, you know, put your things in. So we're going to put our little, take our little symptom checker and I'm going to give you some of the symptoms of a spirit of fear. And you could say, you can kind of locate yourself in different areas. So it says of power. So the first thing that he's given us is power. So a spirit of fear gives us weakness, ineptitude, failure, infirmity. Do you know, and my husband said this today, the spirit of infirmity is not just sickness. You know, it could be a weakness in your mind. It can be a, a different things. So it gives you infirmity, shrinking back, retreating. Some people just don't want, when they're depressed, they, they isolate themselves. They give excuses, reasoning, prayerlessness. So those are some of the symptoms of fear because God did not give us those attributes. He gave us power. He gave us courage, courage to stand. I mean, doesn't it just irritate you what's going on in our country? And it's like, isn't anybody going to stand up? I mean, isn't anybody going to stand up? And man, you just feel you're watching the news or you're listening to something and it's just powerless until you realize the power of prayer can, can avail the answer and can avail much. So we're not powerless. Power, the spirit of power, courage, strength, fortitude. And this is how we have to go into 2021 with courage, strength, power, fortitude. Because we have to forge through because people are watching our lives. And people, as the world disintegrates, and it doesn't matter which one gets president, I want President Trump to win, and I'm, I'm still believing I'm not, I'm not letting go of that. I'm not letting go of that because I believe. But it doesn't matter which way it goes. Things are going to get worse out there. Okay? I mean, who would have thought a year ago that we'd all be walking around wearing masks? Don't you want to just rip it off your face? I finally went and bought clear ones because I was in Kohl's one day and I saw one of the salespeople. And I thought, she doesn't have a mask on and she's smiling. And I, I kind of looked closer and she had one of those clear, clear masks. I'm just tired of seeing people walk around muffled. And then when you get behind one of those things, now you can even hear what they're trying to say because they're behind one of those shields and they got a mask on and you know, they were trying to tell Clarence to put his cord in again and it was like and it's like you've got to be kidding me. And I try to have a good attitude, but man, my attitude's wearing thin with the mask thing. Especially since I'm not so sure that they work, but I don't want to debate here, but 
All I'm saying is, you know, things have changed. And then we had the, the lockdown. It was supposed to be for two weeks to slow the spread, which turned into six weeks. So whoever you were living with in the house, you bet you were their best friend those are basically who you saw. I saw Clarence and I saw the postmaster. He was my best friend because I was mailing stuff. So, well, we did go out to different places while we were while we were in lockdown, but it was challenging. And just when we thought, okay, then we had a summer of total total lawlessness. And then we had the election. So that was that kind of wraps up 2020. And you now we're all saying, wow, you know, that was some year. And I'm just hoping a year from now we don't look back and say, I wish we had 2020 back. It says in Proverbs 24.10, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. We can't afford to faint. We can't afford to worry about, well, what do we do with... You know, what do we do if there's no food? What do we do if they won't let us meet in the church? What do we do? Well, we don't know what we're going to do because we're not there yet. When we get there, God's going to give us the grace to deal with whatever is going to happen in our country. God is going to give us the grace for it. We need to just double down. We need to get into the word more. We need to don't forsake the assembling together. We're not closing these doors for anything. And so that's just the way that is. Prescription is the word, the finished work of the cross. That's our, that's our defense, is the finished work of the cross. We've already passed from death to life. You know, legally, we've already died. Legally, when we got born again... The old nature died. Well, we're already in eternal life, but we can't really get that vision of it. But we've already passed from death to life. So our life here is, we're here to help somebody else see Jesus. Basically, that's what we're here for, is to help somebody else see Jesus. So if you could turn to Psalm 27. So our Rx for power is we're not going to faint. And in Psalm 27, I'm going to start with verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou said, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Lead me not, neither forsake me, O Lord of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of my enemies. Deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty." I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Wait, I say, on the Lord. He will strengthen you. He will strengthen you. 
He's going to give us the strength that we need in these last days. Most of you have been saved a really long time. How much word do you have in you? I don't care what your body says. Okay? We've got a lot of wisdom sitting in this room right now. We've got a lot of fortitude sitting in this room. You've been through things. You've done things. And you're able to, because of your experiences, pull people out of the fire. You're probably more valuable now than when you were 30 years old. Because you've been through a whole lot. So don't discount yourself out in the last days. I'm thrilled when I see these young people rising up because we need the young people rising up. But we need, we need everybody on board. We need young people. We need old people. We need middle-aged people. And we've got to have courage as the older generation. We've got to have courage so we can encourage them in their walk because they're out on the front line. They're the one that's out in the out and about and we've got to be able to be there to encourage and strengthen and let them know that God is going to hold them up. I had a conversation with a young man who said I'm afraid of everything that's going on in the earth. And I said to him, Do you think it's any different now than when Moses was born? Or when Jesus was born? All throughout the ages there's been trouble. I said, Do you, how big is your God? Can you trust God? And he just looked so relieved. He said, thank you. Thank you for saying that. So he wasn't afraid because he didn't want to get married, didn't want a wife, didn't want to have kids. Because he said, look at the world. Quite frankly, I look at the world and sometimes I think, yeah, I could see it. <laughs> I could see where you wouldn't want to have kids. And, but then the Lord said to me, look at Moses. Look at Jesus. And see, this is what, as the older generation, we're here to encourage, to instruct, to teach the younger people. Encourage them. Amen? Encourage one another. Encourage all of us in here. Sometimes you might come in here afraid because of something, because you just got a bad report or something. Encourage one another. Amen. All this wisdom in the room, we can encourage one another because we're going to need one another. It says, as you see the day approaching, we need one another. We need everyone in this room. Because you might say a word to me that will just help me and give me some food for thought and give me something to meditate on. We need one another. It's not a time to, to draw back and not have courage. We have to have courage. We have to have supernatural courage. Amen? For one another. And not only that, okay, power, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you don't have joy, you're not going to have strength. We need to have the joy of the Lord. Why do we have joy? Because we've passed from death to life. I mean, what can really, what can man do unto you? He can kill you. They can torture you, but torture isn't going to last forever. What can he do to you? The Bible says to fear God, who can, not, who can put your soul right in hell. Fear God, not man. 
So, okay, so we've got power and now love. So one of our symptoms, our symptom checker, instead of love, when we're talking about, well, how much fear do we have? Well, here's some of the symptoms of fear. Now, it's not hate. You would think love versus hate, and that's true. But here's some other things to consider. The opposite of love is not just hate. How about indifference? Because that shows when you're hateful. Well, whatever. Let them just let them go. They want to go to hell? Just let them go. That's all right. Neglect. Apathy. Disloyalty. Coolness. Love will set us far above fear. And it's easy to get indifferent with things because there's so many things coming at all of us every single day. It just seems like there's a barrage of negativity coming. And then you get it with your own family and you want to be indifferent and say, well, you know, whatever. But God wants us to get on our knees for them. Matthew 24:12 says, and because of the iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. And that's the, the Matthew 24 where he's talking about some of the signs of the ends of time. It's very difficult. I mean, some people do not read their Bible every day. Some people do not pray every day. And this is not to put you under condemnation if you get up late and you can't read your Bible for that day. Certainly all of us in this room have enough food that if we miss because of we had to get out to the doctor and we couldn't just do it or something disrupted it, but I'm talking about a, a habitual neglect of reading the Word. I know people who just read devotionals, and I'm not, devotionals are fine, but it's not the same as reading the Word. There's some people that just read devotionals or they'll just listen to something and they won't take the time to read it. There's something very intimate about reading the Word of God. The Word of God, it's the living Word. It's not just a book. It's the living Word. It's God Almighty as if He was sitting there with you as you're reading the Word. And it's just such, it's, it's a thrill when you're reading the Word and, and it's like something just pops right off the page and it's like, wow, look at that. I didn't see that before. So, Reading the word, neglecting the word, it's, it's, a, it's an indifference toward God. Bible Gateway says a neutral attitude toward God is as dangerous as hostility toward God. It is condemned and rejection of God's love and of the needs of other people. While you're reading the word and you pray and everybody does it differently because we're all unique individuals, but as you're doing that, doesn't God speak to you? All of a sudden, somebody else, somebody comes across your mind, and it's like, oh, okay, I better pray for that person. Or something will pick your spirit. You're reading that scripture, and you look in the margin, it goes, okay, let's, let's just look back here and look for more scriptures on that. I mean, it's exciting to read the Word, and it's exciting to pray. But when we have neglected that and grow cold, and that's why the love of many are going to grow cold, is because there's less Bible reading. I mean, Bible literacy is, is terrible among young people. They don't get Bible teaching, and a lot of the churches don't. And I'm not picking on a church, okay? But a lot of churches don't have Bible 
They're teaching you self-esteem. I've sat in the services where they're teaching you how to feel good about yourself. And it's just kind of laughable because it's a 10-minute service where they've got notes where you fill it in like you were in children's ministry where you fill the word in. I mean, honestly, some of it's so ridiculous, it's, it's, it's pitiful. It's pitiful. And they're trying to pass that off at church. And people are hungry. A lot of people are sick of it, so they stop going to church totally. So some who have accepted Christ will turn their backs on him in these last days because there's no real root in their being. When a person gets saved, you've got to grab them right away and start discipling them. You can't just save, let them get saved and then just leave them alone because they'll fall back into their ways. They've got to be discipled. That was the one thing I was grateful for when I first got saved was I, my pastor at the time came over to the house. You know, we lived up, oh, probably it was probably like Aubrey, a little less populated than it is. We lived up in a little town of 600 away from everything. It was the first time I'd really been away from out in the country that far, that far out. And he would come once a week with a little book and disciple us, my, myself and my son. And that made a big difference. And I had my friend Wendy that discipled me that would send me tapes at the time and send me things and call and check on me. It made a big difference. So when people get saved, they need to be discipled right away. Because they don't know. I mean, you know things that God teaches you, but you need people to help you to grow and to get a good foundation. It says in Second Thessalonians 2, 1 through 4, it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that you not be soon shaken in mind nor be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there be a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalted, exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he is God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And to me, that's just the saddest thing when it says that there'll be a falling away. It, to me, it's so sad that people, how could you? Well, I got saved late in life, so I don't understand a lot of things. And one of it's how could you fall away once you've become a Christian? Once you see the difference and once you know the difference, how can you fall away? How can you do that? And it's just, to me, it's so sad. So what's the doctor's prescription for love? Well, let's go to John 15. Starting in verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. So we want to continue in the love that God has. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that 
my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Well, there's that word joy again. You know, God tosses that word joy around a whole lot in the Bible. Because he doesn't want us to be all sour-faced and depressed and gloomy. I mean, really, that's not very attractive for anybody. But uh, it's not, especially for a Christian, if you've got somebody who's got a joyful countenance, you're drawn to them. Because they're different. Somebody who's got joy in this world, it's a rare commodity. And people are going to be drawn to you. Because they want to know what makes you tick. Why, why is that happening with you? Okay, and then I lost... Okay. This is my commandment, that you love one another so as, so as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. I have not chosen, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he shall give it unto you. I mean, remain in God. See, there it is again, remain in God. That's the Rx for having a spirit of fear. And first John, I was singing these little, if you're in children's church, you learn a lot of little songs. And this was, you know, this is my commandment, that you love one another, that your joy may be full. And it was just going through my head all day long. And don't you want to have joy? I, I want to pass on some joy. That's why I like hanging out with my husband, because he's got a lot of joy. We had gone down to see Aubrey. When, when was that, honey? Saturday? It seems like so long ago. So we had, um, we were on um, talking to Connie, texting back and forth. So it was me, Connie, and Clarence on the little text. So I sometimes don't notice these things, and he, he's done this too with our friend Lisa. So I sent him, um, which I thought was just him, I sent him a little, I love you. And he texted me back. He goes, you know, you sent that to Connie, too. (laughs) So it just tickled me. And and Connie sent me back a text saying, I love you, too. (laughs) But to have joy is, it's a precious commodity. It's, it's just precious, precious to have the joy of the Lord. And I'm so thankful that I can have joy. I mean, there was a time before I got saved that I didn't have any joy. So to have joy, and then now, like, Clarence has just totally enhanced my joy thingy. Because uh, I, after a month of COVID, i got to tell you, you know, well, actually, it was six weeks I started going around the house. I was starting to sing little commercials on the television that I heard and just things to just kind of relieve the the stress a little bit of the two of us being in the house all the time. 
And I said, wow, they didn't brag. And we didn't, when we got married, we said nothing about, you know, in sickness and health, in pandemic, in, in lockdown. <laughs> so, you know, it's, we have, we have a great time. And I'm so thankful because a lot of it is just the joy of the Lord. It's not that we walk, our, you know, it's, there's a joy that knowing that God is in our relationship and that God is in our house, and it's it's just it's just such a blessing. It's such a blessing. In First John four, it says, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love." And see, we have to check some of these things, though. Indifference, neglect, apathy, disloyalty, coolness. So if we've got any of those symptoms, we need to shore up our love life. See, it's not a, this isn't meant to condemn anybody. Or to, you know, I I don't ever want to preach a message of condemnation to anybody. But just to let you know that, We've got to shore these areas up in our spirit, man, because in the coming days, we're going to need every bit of fortitude, every bit of courage, every bit of love, every bit of a sound mind that we have. We've got to have that because we've got to face some pretty heavy things that are coming up. Like I said, not just in this world, but in our own personal lives with things. I mean, last year we lost Pete. I mean, you know, a year from now, we don't know. We just don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. So, all right, so I got sidetracked. All right, he that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested in the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Here in his love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time if we love one another, God dwells in us, and he, his love is perfected in us. Hereby we know that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen, and we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be Savior of the world. God is in of us. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us everything we need on the inside of us. Everything. The Bible says he's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's given us everything. We don't have to lack anything. We don't have to lack courage. We don't have to lack strength. We don't have to lack love. And we don't have to lack a sound mind either because God said we could have it. The Good Samaritan showed love. Now, the religious people just walked by the man in distress, but the Good Samaritan stopped and he showed love. I just want, I want to turn to there. Paul, I don't think I put that up there, so 
Oh, there you go. Good. I wasn't sure if I was going to read it or not. I'm not quite as detailed as the pastor. Yeah, okay, Mr. Smug. I, I know how to do this. I, I just want to read part of this anyway, starting in Luke 10, uh, verse 25. It says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering him, saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy, thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Well, I think... He needed to know. And I think Jesus just told him when he did about the Good Samaritan. And he said at the end, let's skip over to, to verse 36. He said, which now of these three thinkest thou was your neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, he that showed mercy on him. And Jesus said unto him, go and do likewise. God wants us to be merciful. When we show love, we show mercy. When we help somebody, we show mercy. We show them what the love of God is. See, what our lives are supposed to be reflection of the Father and reflection of Jesus. So people can see Jesus in us. People can say, wow, you know, I could really use what you got. So we want to have compassion. We want to love people. Our third Thing is a sound mind. So here, our sound mind should be peaceful and calm, right? Now here's some symptoms of a, a spirit of fear mind. Irrational, distracted, unstable, hysterical, moody, full of strife. So if you have any of those, and you could say, well, all right, I don't have a sound mind. I have, a, I have maybe a fear problem, and I need to look at this, and then make some adjustments. So here's God's Rx for a sound mind. We look in Isaiah 26, verse 3. It says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. We need to keep our mind on God. Keep your mind on the Lord. It'll keep you in perfect peace. I can't tell you how many times I've had to say, okay, mind, you need to get on God. You need to stop thinking about this. And then you go and you remember that this verse is a very, very special verse to me. So it says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. And look at the next verse. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Everlasting strength. 
The joy of the Lord is your strength. See how we can tie everything together. The devil wants to weaken you. He wants you to be afraid. He wants you to start getting anxious. Oh, my God, are my kids going to get saved? They're not going to make heaven. Oh, my God, I'm looking at them and thinking, what are they going to do? And my son, he dresses like a woman. I mean, what do we do? What do we do? Oh, my God, look at that. Look at this. Look at that. Look at the world. What if Biden gets it? Oh, my God. Oh, oh, I've got a pain in my neck. Oh, I bet you. Oh. I bet you, ah, oh, somebody had this and died. Oh, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Don't let the devil have your mind as a playground. Keep your focus on the Lord. What we have to say is, well, if I die with that pain... I'm going to, it's a win-win. I die and I go to heaven. And I trust God. And I'm trusting God for my family. And we have to remind each other. We have to remind each other that God is on the scene for our kids. God is on the scene for our grandkids. The incorruptible seed is on the inside. And see, this is where we do warfare. We're not going to go out and sling a gun. We're not going to go out and protest or counter-protest or do anything like that. But we have the sword of the Spirit. We have the shield of faith. We have tools that the devil can't take away from us. And that's why we can have the joy of the Lord. That's why we can move forward. That's why in 2021, I don't care what happens in 2021, we can have courage. We can have strength. We can be a good witness to whoever we run in contact with. Because we have the Lord. We have everything. He's given us everything. Listen, in Romans 8, 6, it says, For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 2.16 For who has known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. None of us can instruct God, but aren't you glad that he has gifted us? With the mind of Christ, he's gifted it to us. We didn't deserve that. We have the mind of Christ. So we have to keep remembering it and keep putting this into our remembrance. Keep saying, I have the mind of Christ. I can do all things. I get so frustrated with some people. You're talking to them on the phone and they're just whining about everything that they don't have. I mean, they whine and they whine. And I'm not a big person. I'm not a big person. I'm not a big phone person. I'm just not. I, I just, I don't like talking on the phone. I don't know why, but I just don't. But sometimes you get roped into those long conversations. And, um, you know, you try, you try to help some people. And you say something and they go, well, but I can't because of, you know, and I can't because of this. And I can't and I don't and I won't and I won't. And and it's like, I'm sorry, I have to go. Because you've got to 
look at what you do have. All of us have a lot. All of us have a lot. Even if we don't have a lot, we have a lot. We live in this country. We have a lot. But we can't, we have the mind of Christ, especially Christians. I mean, other, people that aren't saved, you've got to kind of give them a free pass because they don't get anything. They don't understand it. And we're, that's our job is to instruct them. But Christians who act like that, they, they really are almost slapping God in the face. Here he's giving you the mind of Christ. What else do you need? You know, I'm, I'm the type that I am going to go down swinging no matter what. And I am... I know that if there's a problem, there's a way to solve it. It may not be the way I think. So, all right, so my, my plan was plan A, so i got to go to God's plan A, double A, I guess, triple A, or A plus, or whatever, whatever God's plan is. But we can't just, I don't like to give up. I don't like to quit. There wasn't a time, there was a time when I wasn't like that until I realized I've got the mind of Christ and if I just apply myself, I can find what the answer is. Amen? Because we have the mind of Christ. A gift, free gift. And I don't want my mind to just sit there. You know, they said in that, remember that commercial, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. It's a terrible thing to waste the mind of Christ. We all have it. We have a sound mind if we want it. We don't have to be full of strife. We don't have to be picky. We don't have to do these things. Amen? We can be full of love. It says in Romans 12 too, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's the key, is we need to renew our mind. We need to read our Bible every day. And if you don't know where to start, there's plenty of reading programs online where you can start. I've read the Bible through several times. You can start from Genesis and read through. And I'll be honest, there's some books I don't like because they're just, they seem pretty hard. Or they're not, the, the, some of them are just not my cup of tea. So I might be a little slower. Or I might just decide I'll skip them and come back later. But um, read the Bible through where some people read a chapter of the chapter Old Testament, chapter New Testament, um, chapter or chapter of Proverbs, and then five Psalms get you through the Bible. At some point, I think you got to read more than one chapter a day, though, in each each of them to get through in a year. But you'll get through even if you don't. Even if you miss the goal of a year, you'll still get through. You know, some people just read the same scripture that they've always read, which I'm not faulting that either. But if you expand out where you've never read before, some people have never read through the Old Testament because they've been told that it doesn't count or it doesn't matter. So you've missed a lot of the richness of the history, especially now when you're looking in the Old Testament where you see the battles and you see how they won the battles. I mean, the Old Testament's a good handbook. It's a good handbook for now, especially in the, the different things that we're facing in this country. But get on a Bible reading program so you can read your Bible and not just scatter. Some people just open up their Bible and wherever they open it up to, they read. I mean, I've done that before when I've gotten desperate. But it's better to have, even if you, like say, I'm going to read my Bible every day and I'm going to do the chapter in each and I'm going to do the five. And then you might start doing that and then God will take you somewhere else. Maybe that's where you weren't supposed to be that day. But if you're in the Bible... The Holy Spirit will lead you to where you've got to go. Amen? 
He's a good God. Matthew Henry, now I want to read that scripture again. And for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Matthew Henry says, the spirit God gives to his ministers and people, because we're all ministers, even if you're not behind a pulpit, you're a minister. The spirit God gives to his ministers is not fearful, but courageous and powerful. The spirit of love, to love God and see everyone as worthy of love. Sound minds speak words of truth with calmness, wisdom, good judgment, and level-headedness. It's so good to have a level-headed person. Especially when people go, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And then that level-headed person walks in and they have the plan. This is what we're going to do. And then all of a sudden, the ones that are running around saying, what are we going to do? They fall in order. Amen? Amen. Why? Because God hasn't given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I want to read the rest of that because Paul was instructing Timothy in that. Starting in verse 6, it says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. Okay, the afflictions of the gospel. So he can see that there's going to be some trouble, right? But what's he said? According to the power of God. So God's not going to leave you in a lurch. God's not going to leave you alone in your basic need. He's going to be there in power. But we have to step into that power. We have to be courageous. We have to use that power. According to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he has given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, whereunto... I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That That just makes me overcome with gratefulness. It says... Whom I am not ashamed. Are you ashamed of the gospel? No, none of us in here are ashamed of the gospel. For whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. I am persuaded. I am persuaded, Faith Assembly, that he is able to keep us through 2021. He is able to keep us. He is able. Hold fast the the form of sound words 
which thou hast heard of me in faith and in love, which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost, which dwelleth in us. The Holy Spirit dwelleth in us. God is going to keep us. We're going to thrive in 2021. If we don't faint, if we keep encouraging one another, keep encouraging one another, it's going to get rough sledding, but we're going to get through it. Amen? Amen. We're going to get through it. We're going to see this church grow. We're going to see some of those things happen that we've been promised. Amen? We're going to watch it, but we've got to have courage. Do you have courage tonight? Do you have strength of mind? Can you see areas, though, where maybe you are a little fearful? I saw areas when I was looking at this. So I said, well, okay, I better look at God's prescription for this and better get my nose in the Bible a little more in that area. I want to have perfect peace. I want to have my mind stayed upon the Lord. I want to have the things that God said we can have. I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Amen. I just love that. I am persuaded. I am persuaded that he is able to keep us in 2021. Amen? So we're going to have joy. Doesn't matter what's going to happen. Because we know whatever happens, God is going to be on our side. He's going to fight our battles. We're going to hear the strategies. We're going to hear what he says to us. We're going to do what he asks us to do. And we're going to see the victory. It's not a bad time. It's going to be a good time. You know, and they always say, because we read the back of the book, and you know how I feel about that, because I don't like suspense. So I've already read the back of the book, and I know we win. Amen? But God has not given us that spirit of fear. We're going to go into 2021. I don't care what you're dealing with in your body. I don't care what you're dealing with in your family. We're going to go in with joy. We're going to go in the way God wants us to go in. We're going to give the devil a black eye because we're not going to give in to fear. Amen? Amen. We're going to commit it all to God. And I just want to pray that right now. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful. Father, we're grateful you kept us in 2020. Father God, we had Paula that had her fire and you kept her, Father. And all the different things. You've kept Brady and you've kept Francis and you've kept all of us, Father. And we just love you, Lord. Father, we love you. And Father, we want to commit everything that concerns us. Father, every family member. Father, every unsaved child. Father, every grandchild that's unsaved. Every great-grandchild. Father, we commit them into your hands. Because we are fully persuaded. Father, we're fully persuaded that you are able to keep them. Father, you're able to keep our health. We just lift up every single person at Faith Assembly and their spouses and their children. Father, you're able to keep us in our health. Father, you're able to keep us in our all of our domestic needs, our finances. Father, you are able to keep us. Father, you're able to accelerate the building of Paula's house. You're able to do what needs to be done. Father, we're thanking you. 
Father, we thank you. We thank you that you are able to keep us. And Father, we're going to go forth into 2021 praising the Lord. Father, lifting you high. We are thanking you, Father, that you have given us all keys, all things that pertain to life and godliness. And Lord, we just thank you. Father, we just stir up that joy in our spirit, man. We just stir it up that we have the joy of the Lord. Father, that you have given us joy. Father, you've given us strength. Father, you've given us courage. Lord, you've given us fortitude. Lord, you've given us the stick to it, intuitiveness that we need for this hour. And Lord, we're not going to backslide. We're going forward and we're calling the backsliders home in the name of Jesus. Father, we're putting a call out for those that are backslidden. Lord, and we're declaring that the backsliders coming home in the name of Jesus. And God, we just love you. We just love you. Oh, Lord, we just love you. And we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for all that you've given us this year. Father, and that you've helped us to to grow up. You've helped us to appreciate everything in this country, Father. And we just love you. We just love you, Lord. I just love this church, and I just thank you, Lord, for each and every member. And, Lord, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Bible said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Amen. I don't know about you, but I got something out of that tonight. Fear will destroy you. Fear will bring you down. (laughs) Fear will make you captive to the things of the devil. I don't want to be captive to worry and doubt and unbelief and, and all of those things that the devil tries to bring because you know why? Because the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I tell you what, I believe we can go away singing that. Well, I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river. I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got peace like a river. Peace like a river, I've got peace like a river in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. I've got joy like a fountain, I've got joy like a fountain. I've got joy like a fountain in my soul. Hallelujah. You've got everything God said you have. Because the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. God's wrapped us in His garments of praise. Hallelujah. Put on that garment of praise. (laughs) Not the spirit of heaviness. And we'll go forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Well, thank God for the Word. I want to tell you something. Fear will dominate your thinking. Fear will dominate your time. 
Fear will destroy the vision that God's put in you. But I tell you what, we don't have fear. Amen? I have faith in God. <laughs> Glory to God. Turn to somebody and say, you look like you got faith in God. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Amen. Father, we just thank you for the Word of God that's truth. Your truth is what makes us free. And God, we are free indeed because of your anointed Word. And God, we receive that Word with joy and thanksgiving. We let that Word prevail in our lives now. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and we just give you praise and glory. God bless you. We'll see you all Sunday. Amen. I'm going to be.